0: We're back with more Tapped Out with Brendan Tobin and Sean Levine on the BetQL Network. All right, welcome back into Tapped Out on the BetQL Network. I'm very excited to talk to our next guest, a good friend of mine and one of the best in the business, the owner of the boxing Boca Boxing District and a great trainer. He's trained the likes of Dustin Poirier, Johnny Eblin, there at American Top Team. Daya Davis joining us here on the show. Daya, thanks for the time, man. Really appreciate it. Hey, man, you got it, brother. You're the man. I appreciate you giving me some time, man. So UFC 291, it is coming up. It's a big monster fight day uh, coming up on July 29th. How is the uh, the training going for that one, man? Uh, The tune-up of the rematch between uh, Dustin and Justin for the BMF strap.
1: Training is going well. Uh, We actually just finished up some sparring today. He's looking sharp, clean, collected. His mind is where it needs to be. Uh, he's looking great, man. He's focused and ready to go.
0: This was a this was a, a a great fight the last time these guys did it. Dustin's so good in these chaotic fights as a coach. How much do you look back to that fight? I mean, you're, you're used to rematches. You just kind of did this with Connor. How much do you take the intel from the old fight as opposed to, I guess, where your fighter is currently?
1: You know what? I think we go to the old fight to look at some of the things that went wrong, and then we look at some current footage to look to where we can capitalize going forward. So, uh, you know, obviously the leg kicks were a hindrance to us in the uh, the first matchup. So, you know, obviously we're working on some things to avoid situations like that. And uh, going forward, um, you know, he's got a couple new wrinkles in his game, and uh, we're working on making sure we capitalize in those moments as well.
0: What is, uh, those calf kicks, man, like, they've become such a, a prevalent weapon in, uh, in mixed martial arts. Like, a, a, as a co- like, how do you avoid it? Like, what's the best way to get through? Is it just take toughness? Um, you know, because it, it doesn't, maybe to, like, the, the casual fan, they don't notice how much those things hurt. But, I mean, mobility is such a big thing for your fighters. You know, how, how do you avoid something like that in a, in a fight like this?
1: Well, you know what? Gaethje tended to kick more upper thigh. Um, and believe it or not, Dustin had a torn quad uh, after the fight. Yeah, he had a partial, partially torn quad. So he was out for some time afterwards. Um, but yeah, I mean, we, we definitely got to work on some checks, uh, just ways to get out of way of that and make sure that we're not being hindered by those kicks going forward and, you know, this upcoming fight.
0: Do you guys, like, for a relationship like you and Dustin have and, and a coach-fighter relationship – you had so many years together. What do you do to try and like keep things? Do you try and keep things fresh? Do you keep it sharp? Like, do you try and I don't know, do new drills in camp or something different? Or does you, is it is there a, a beauty in the comfort of of you know what works and you know what gets him ready?
1: I mean, at this stage in his career, we know what works. Um, he is a striker first, and uh, you know, based on who he's fighting, we work on. You know what we need to use for that fight
0: for for this fight in particular I was wondering about the uh the altitude like Salt Lake City it's a little bit higher up uh you guys train down here in South Florida Dustin uh, Justin does train in Denver is there any concern there like are you guys going to do anything uh to accommodate to that or do you just go in how you go in
1: uh I mean I'll be honest there's some concern there but at the end of the day we know he's putting in his work here um He's made sure that he is, uh, you know, ready for that. So, actually, we're getting there a week early. Um, you know, they say the best thing to do is to either get there a week early or get there, like, two or three days to where you won't even notice it or you're not even thinking about it. Um, but there are, there are some other precautions that he's taken to get forward, get ready for this as well. Like, he'll be sleeping in the tent uh, at altitude, which is, yeah, yeah, pretty remarkable. He's sleeping in the tent. So he'll start about like two thousand, and then every couple of days or so he'll just increase by five hundred, and then hopefully, um, you know, closing in on the fight date will be up above forty five hundred elevation for you know to where he's sleeping at and waking up and getting those elevated red blood cells that he needs for this fight. Man. So altitude won't be won't be much of a problem.
0: Such a science to it, man. Like the things you got to think about in a fight. It's because like. It's already a chaotic enough fight. You you know, you talked about two uh, of the baddest guys on the planet. Obviously, that's why the, the belt's on the line that it is. But, man, those little wrinkles, like, you you always got to think about those extra... When you were, like, fighting, did you think about this? Like, what were, what were some of the weird oddities? Like, if you had to go on the road for a fight or you had to go into somebody's backyard, like, what... Do you remember, like, a certain oddity when you were getting ready for somebody in a boxing match that, like, I got to get... I, I'm prepped, I feel good, but I also got to remember this... To, to make sure I'm at my best?
1: Well, not really, because, you know, I never fought at altitude. Um, I did fight overseas. You know, I fought in the, uh, in, the, in the UK. And we knew there was a time difference, a six-hour time difference. So, you know, I would try to get there maybe a week earlier just to get acclimated to the time. Um, it's a little bit of an adjustment, you know. You're fighting six hours forward as opposed to, you know, your standard EST time.
0: Your uh, your fight. You uh, we haven't talked since your uh, your fight. You you made your comeback. Uh, the, I wouldn't uh, call it a comeback. I wouldn't call it a comeback. Eh, it was, all right, it was, it was a, a one off. But you did it back. Like, yeah. how did it live up to it? Like, you 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 had many years. You wanted to at least check it off. You said you had the itch, and and you, you know you came out successful with it. Like, how did it live up to it? Were you happy with it? And how did you feel afterwards? Did you have an itch ever that you wanted to keep? Maybe maybe one more, one more. <sighs>
1: I mean, I still feel like I can do it. I still feel like I can do it at the highest level. The time is not permitted. That's the only thing. I'm a a family man now. I'm an entrepreneur. So, you know, it's just I don't have the time. I couldn't allocate the time to do it. Um, But to go in there after five and a half years off and to go out there and perform at a high level and get my guy out of there in the first round, (laughs) there's not much more I can ask for
0: did it live, like did that moment did it live up to anything as far as that's concerned like did you like were you proud of yourself that you were able to do I remember you mentioned saying like the runs the training like just getting back into it like how did you i guess just what was the satisfaction you had in it
1: I mean the satisfaction was getting a, a first round knockout um you know coming out with my hands raised was obviously uh was great but i will say the training was a lot harder than the fight, and I was hoping to, you know, finish up around one, finish up around two, you know, maybe test the 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 heartbeats a little bit, like, you know, I wanted to, I wanted to feel like I was in a fight, and so to that level it was a little unsatisfactory, but nonetheless, I went out there and got what was expected of me, which is to go out there and get the victory and get my hands raised, and you know, what better way to do it off off a knockout win? Yeah. You know? Take a looking at, look at your opponent and see him on the ground and being counted out.
0: That's awesome, man. I'm I'm happy for I'm I'm happy that you at least got to got you know if it doesn't go further, whatever. Like I'm happy that you 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 set out a goal and not surprisingly, like you were able to accomplish it. Like you were able to show like you still got it if you want to tune it up and get it.
1: Right, right. I was actually just talking to Kevin Gleason today, man. I said, man, I got to come see you at least two or three days a week just to stay sharp. And he's like, what? Are you trying to tell me we got one more? And I said, I didn't say that. I said, I just want to stay sharp, you know, because by me staying sharp also helps my fighters stay sharp. You know, like if I ever decide to get in there and mix it up with them, at least I can give them an honest
0: look. Um, Big news this week. Uh, I'm interested in your perspective about this because I think everybody feels like they know what's going to happen because, you know, when a guy, when an MMA fighter goes over to boxing, you feel like the MMA guy's got no shot. So Tyson Fury versus Francis Ngannou got announced this week. Right. Is there a prayer in hell for Francis? Has he got a shot? Is Tyson's the man? He's already doing this against the best heavyweights in the world. It's going to be a cool spectacle. But, like, how, if there's any way, does he have a shot at beating Tyson Fury?
1: Listen, man, the guy's got two healthy arms, two healthy legs. He's got a brain on his shoulders. So, I mean, there's definitely a possibility he can get it done. But the chances are very likely, uh, unlikely, I should say. Um, but he's he's a puncher you know so anyone anyone who could punch and that has that kind of knockout ratio and that kind of knockout ability he's got a chance do you i guess the, All the it takes if he lands one it could be a good night
0: is there like a, is there a is, is there a biggest difference like, di like obviously you know you have so much expertise in boxing but like when you take that over to mma what's the biggest difference like what like when when there is that transition or uh, an mma guy as opposed to the best boxer that goes on? Like what are the things that, that that are just a little bit of a difference there?
1: I mean, obviously the training, you know, like uh, with, with boxing, you're only focused on one thing and that's just boxing. With made there's so many different aspects of, of the fight game. You've got jujitsu, you've got uh, Muay Thai, You man, it's just all the arts put together. So they're not just solely focused on one thing. Um, you know, with boxing, they've only got to worry about the hands and nothing else.
0: You think it's a, a big deal or not a big deal that um he's saying this is going to be his last welterweight fight? Like he is, you know, thinking about moving up to one fifty four. Yeah, I mean, he's, who's you know, that? Errol? Errol, or- Errol? Errol? Yeah, I'm sorry. Errol Spence is saying that. Like the naturally bigger guy, but like, do you think is there is there much stock in that being a big difference, or are they just it, it, do you think Terence's skills enough that the, the size shouldn't be that big a deal?
1: Well, I know Errol's a big guy. I know he typically walks around out of camp. High 180s, 190s plus. Um, I've known some guys that he sparred with who are heavyweights. Yeah, I, that surprised me. Uh guy came down. He says, yeah, man, you know, I, I'm basically one of Errol's chief sparring partners. I'm like, dude, you're 200 plus pounds. He's like, Errol's a big guy, man. So I'm not surprised that he'd be moving up in weight. Um, but that all all is granted if he wins his fight. You know, there are rematch clauses. I mean, if he loses, I'm sure he wants to exercise his rematch clause. So, you know, we'll see. Come but on. I think he can definitely hold his own at 154, 160, possibly even 168 if he wanted to.
0: Yeah. A uh, couple more before we get you out of here, Daya. And uh, Daya Davis, fantastic job. Uh, a Great trainer, owner of the Boca Boxing District, which you guys see on UFC Countdown. He is a training Dustin Poirier, coming up for UFC 291. Um Robbie Lawler's career just came to an end in a, in a fantastic fashion. Spent some time at American Top Team. Uh, just what was your reaction to, to that moment? That was uh, that was pretty cool to see a guy get to go out on top like that.
1: Right. I mean, typically you don't see that, right? A guy hang around for, I don't know how many how many years, probably 15 years uh, in the UFC, which is, you know, the pinnacle of the MMA right now. Um, no, I'm, I, he's been a strike force as well, but, you know, he's been in the UFC for, most part of his career um happy to see him going out on top happy to see him go out with a ko a ko win over a durable guy like nico price um you know most times when guys hang around just a little bit too long they don't go out with wins you know they go out with oh man you know i hate to see a guy go out like that but fortunately he got the dub and you know if he's true to his word then he won't make a return Sounded like Connor was chirping a little bit. Maybe he wants to pull him out of retirement. Maybe he needs a win. Maybe he thinks he can get it done against Robbie. But uh, again, Robbie's a great friend of mine, man. I'm happy to see him him go out on top.
0: Yeah, well, I'm curious about this because you you obviously have gotten ready for Connor fights before. What do you think, man? What do you make of this from the outside looking in? Like, do you feel like he's coming back, or do you feel like he says he's coming back just to like be around and, and have headlines, but doesn't look like he could come back. It's a devastating injury to come back from.
1: Yeah. You know, genuinely, I think Conor wants to come back. I I think the demons outside, you know, the partying, the drinking, the cocaine, mm. you know, if that's the case, you know, it's been said that, you know, he, he dabbles a little bit. I think if that's the case, man, it's it's just hard to fight those demons, man. If you're living this lifestyle, you got so much money in, in your, in your bank account, in your pockets. It's like, you know, Marvin had it. Marvin Hagler said it best. He's like, it's hard to get ready for a fight when you're waking up in silk pajamas. Yeah. So, you know, how, how's he going to do it? He says he wants to do it, but I believe in his, heart, in his heart he wants to do it. I just don't think that he has the ability to do so. I don't think he, he can say no to the party lifestyle, say no to the no, the no drinking, and truly dial in and stay focused 100% on the fight game. Not at this stage in his life.
0: Uh, my last one for you, Daya, is uh, Johnny Eblen. We've had him on the show before, but this guy is, uh, you know, for UFC fans who don't watch Bellator, like, this guy's a monster. I mean, this guy, he seems like one of the best uh, middleweights on the planet. For those who don't understand it, like, what makes Johnny Eblen special when when you get when you're training with this guy?
1: Man, believe it or not, Johnny's only been at this, this MMA career and journey only eight years. But he is in the gym nonstop every day. I mean, there's been times where I'm like, I'm trying to pull this guy away. Like, hey, Johnny, like, relax, bro. Your fight's not until another three months.
0: Old man winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice, and a good polar vortex. (laughs) Oh, heaven. Wait, is
1: it getting warm in here?
0: Your cold snap is over, old man winter. Spring has arrived. Now get 0% APR or up to 1,500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details. He's like, no, I just want to
1: get better. I just want to get better. I'm like, yeah, but there's a such thing as overtraining. I don't know. I'll be all right. I get proper rest, and I'm getting my sunlight, and I'm, I'm eating organ meat. Like, you know, he does things. To where as a fighter is supposed to do, you know he's resting properly. He's, I mean, stats. He's all about stats. He wears the, what's it called, the whoop? I don't know if you ever heard about this. Like a ring that's
0: like the ring, the something like that. Yeah,
1: exactly. It's kind of like the ring, and and it lets you know if you're fully recovered, and if you're getting your proper rest, and if you're dehydrated, like it's, it's just got all these things to read your your heart rate and let you know where you're at, and you know he follows that thing to a T. And he's in the gym. Like, dude, he's probably been Dustin's chief sparring partner for this fight going forward.
0: Man, that's nuts. Well, listen, you you, uh, you train. Uh, you've, you've done a f- hell of a job with both of them, man. Uh, Thank you, brother. I
1: appreciate
0: that, man. I appreciate you giving us some time. Thank you so much, man. Uh, good luck with the travel coming on up. Uh, enjoy that altitude. And, uh, yeah. and try and stay cool down here. Dia Davis, and uh, go check him out. Boca Boxing District, just a fantastic facility. He's done a fantastic job with it. How many years have he been open now, man? Is it Five?
1: Four and a half. Four and a half. Coming up on five. February five.
0: Congratulations, man. Well, it's. We
1: got to get you back in here, champ. I let's go, get champ. Down there. I got you.
0: <laughs> uh, I appreciate it, man.